welcome everybody. BNB Weekly episode 182. <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> yes, it is uh, 10th of October 2022, and it's getting dark, darker, darker. Leaves are kind down. It's just autumn is here. <laughs> the winter is coming. Winter is coming. Now, uh, this week, uh, we have Martin Linkstu joining us on the PMP Weekly. He is a Microsoft, a recent Microsoft MVP, nine days as we're recording this. Uh, so, got his status on the 1st of October. And he is a Microsoft 365 architect based in the Netherlands. And really good discussion on many, many things which we already recorded. And we're doing this intro and outro uh, as a separate recording. Super well prepared of explaining even that. Anyway, so... <laughs> In the PMP Weekly, I always talk about the latest on Microsoft 365, and we have a visitor like MVP, PM, or uh, Microsoft people, or external people uh, from the community uh, to talk about their career development and whatever they actually do for a living. So, is that a good way of saying what we do in PMP Weekly? Yes. Yes. Well, um, we chat. Some, sometimes we give tips about the weather, seasons of the year, <laughs> sure. random things. Sure. sure. Occasionally, you might learn a thing or two. Yep. You never know. Or at least you will get no people, so which is which is one of the objectives of the show as well. Now um, we also cover the articles uh, after the interview. A hashtag BMP Weekly is the one which you should be using in Twitter, uh, so we will find your cool uh, stuff and what you've been writing and publishing for others. But let's jump on the interview with Martin, and we'll come back on the articles right after that. So welcome, Martin, and uh, thank you for joining on PMP Weekly, episode 182. Um, let's start with the basics. Who are you? What do you do for a living? Uh, well, I'm a Microsoft 365 architect uh, working in the Netherlands in a small company called uh, I4U Business Solutions. Uh, and what I basically do is design and build uh, solutions based on Microsoft 365 and Azure. So that's mostly on the productivity, collaboration, document management, that kind of thing streamlining customer processes. Uh, so, you know, on any given day, I could create automation solutions or build business applications, uh, design things uh, with customers, uh, things like that. Uh, so that's work. So aside from work, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a husband. I've got uh, two kids. Very lovely, completely the family man here. <laughs> yeah. And you're also an MVP. And yes, you're also you're an, an MVP. MVP. Yes, I'm yeah. also an MVP. There's, uh, yeah. there's not one, not two, but uh, nine days already. It's uh, yep. very important. <laughs> yeah. Highly experienced here. How to yes, yes. I've been bombarded with emails the last few days. Yeah, and well, so, you get used to that, and then you decide which of those are actually interesting. Um, and, of course, because the Ignite, for those who are listening and watching, uh, who are not MVPs, MVPs do get early access on some of the announcements in the Ignite. So there's quite a few of those pre-meetings and all of that stuff happening. And it's like, which of these do I actually need to join? Well, none of them. All of them. All of them. <laughs> the first, the first, In your first year, you join all of them because it's so cool, you right? Can, you can join all of them, but you don't have to. That's the thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, like nobody's <laughs> Keeping track, like, hey, so how many how, how many calls does MVP join? No, 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 no. Yeah. We don't do that. Now, um, the the thing when I was talking about, I wanted to actually start first, uh, related on the Netherlands and being a Microsoft 365 architect there. You talked about the collaboration, and the reason why it's actually interesting is that typically, and this is nothing against other countries, but typically, as as we see. 
the adaption on the modern technologies and the latest products, we can always follow up the path from Netherlands and Scandinavia, and then the other countries follow. Um, and this is actually kind of something which happened when, with the Microsoft 365 game, adaption and all of that. Netherlands and Scandinavia has always been the, the first, like, in the head of the curve, and then you see what happens. Now, and that's an interesting discussion point. You are a Microsoft 365 architect in Netherlands. So what's the future for us? What's happening? Where's the demand? What's what's uh, <laughs> What kind of things are you actually doing? You talked about the collaboration. Is it mm. Teams, SharePoint, Viva? Uh, what mm. kind of things? All well, of the, yeah, all, all of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I, well so, uh, there's been a huge move to uh, Office 365 uh, in the I guess, yeah. in the last uh, few years. So Teams have re has really blown up. SharePoint it's really being used uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And Power Platform is also booming. So yes, it's basically course. those three areas I think we are working on the most. And I think if you if you don't have a business in the Netherlands on those topics and you are an IT company, you're really doing something wrong. So <laughs> it's uh, there's a lot going on and, and everyone wants to use it. That's basically the, the, the thing here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, the, that's the, the areas that, that we know, but of course, the areas that we are ex experienced in and we're very uh, working on a lot. Uh, Viva, not so much as of yet, but people are sniffing out uh, and getting the lay of the land there as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some some of the, the people who like to 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 get in touch with the modern, more modern techniques, you know, the more the the, young, the hip young guys, you know, they they like to sniff around that and and, and start using it. Uh, I think. Uh, and for other for other large companies that we are. The customers for us, they well, they, they you know they they're coming along a little bit slower for the for those uh, type of solutions. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's well, the Viva is, is how would I put it? It's it's a bit of a complicated product as well because it it has so many modules and some of the modules or most of the modules are not even GA at this point. So um, mm. only a few of them are. So it's it's kind of a a maturity of that setup is still well, it's getting better and better. But, um, mm. and, and it mm. always takes at least 12 to 24 months to anything to catch on. So yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe another angle around that. So with um, the customers with whom you work, how do you see them deal with, you know, the whole thing with pandemic the last two, two years? Are they back in the office? Are they back to basically where they were in 2018? Or are they, have they changed the way they work? And how does technology that we offer at Microsoft fit into that? Well, I no think pressure, uh, no pressure answering yeah. this question. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, of course, we, we've seen a, yes. a huge move towards. <laughs> okay, I know all about this, so, you know. <laughs> uh, well, I think we've seen a lot, a, a, a huge move towards uh, remote working. Uh, with the large companies and then again we've seen some companies uh, partly move back but i think the great thing that that the covid period has brought us is that it, there's a lot more openness to remote work so i think we'll be somewhere in between and stay there you know it's not it's not i don't i don't think uh, as i see it that it's going to be all back as it as it used to be it will be in between and a lot of companies will still offer the, the, the possibility of remote work and they're still doing that as we speak so um yeah but also i think a lot of companies are also you know they also want to to, to really keep in touch with uh, with their workforce and yeah. uh, so 
uh, a lot of people are are also just going back to the office. I mean, the, the roads in 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 the, in the Netherlands is a typical big problem here because we're a very small country, and it's always busy, and it's almost as busy as as it was before uh, COVID. So uh, I think that's also uh, signifying a lot. Yeah, it's it's an yeah. it's an interesting challenge. Of course, me and Walek are a bit of an exception on this uh, discussion. But uh, of course, um, having how do you get your employees committed on the company if you don't never see them? So yeah, and and we talked about this one quite a few times in the past in the BMP Weekly. Is, is if I remember when I started in Microsoft um, quite a few decades ago, um, we we basically sat on the office. As a team, so our basically, I started as a SharePoint consultant um, and working with customers, but most of the time we were actually sitting in the office with the team, and we're still in touch. A lot of the people I started working at that time, quite a few years ago, are still in the daily WhatsApp groups and all of that stuff because of that connection. Um, and now, mm-hmm. if you think about the pandemic and all of the, the remote work, which is great, it provides flexibility. But how did you? How do you feel connected? How do you build those connections with your coworkers and colleagues because you never meet them? Now, I can't remember when I last time met you, Waldek, uh, but I guess we have a pretty decent connection. 2018, so. I guess. <laughs> yes, but it's it's interesting. So. The dynamics yeah. is different, right? So it's 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 how well, are you feeling committed on the company and team mm-hmm. if you never mm-hmm. meet meet people? So yeah, but the, that's mean, the... yeah, yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's why I think it's 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 now it's 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 not getting back to how it were. It's not staying as it was during the pandemic. It's 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 kind of moving in between. I mean, yeah. uh, for me personally, I'm just traveling to the office again every day because I like to get connected and and to stay connected, and to meet people, and to sit beside them while we solve Crazy. things. Yeah, and that's still <laughs> a possibility, uh, luckily for us, when yes. we're not. Re- Doing remote work uh, with uh, Finland and the United States, etc. So. <laughs> but but it is an interesting point, right? Because like I recall, like going back to extremes. I recall in the past I worked at a company where I think the company was twenty odd folks, and we would work in an open plan office, right? So we had like few big tables, and at some point for a project, we would re we would like book a project table to basically have everybody related to the project work on the same desk. In a way, and it's like like that's a very much another extreme. Like even in the context of an open plan, you want everybody like really close. Whereas now we're like, well, my team spans from Hawaii to Australia. I, there is no single desk. There is no even like get to the office because I can go to the office here and then I will still not see anybody from yep. my own team. Nobody, nobody right? knows so, who you are when you would tell that, right? <laughs> Well, that's not you? quite true. There are still some people who I know from 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 the past, right? Because, yeah. but it's still it's very much that. Like you go there to meet folks with whom you will never work because they have different jobs and and roles and they do different work, right? So it's very much this um, one extreme sitting like making people making them sit at the same desk because they work on the same thing. To well, you will get to meet people through a little box on your screen. But how do you deal with that? So I'm putting you, um, I'm, I'm marking, and actually this question also for Waldeck. Uh, what would be the tips which comes to mind? How do you how do you build that engagement with the with the team? How Martin you... first. <laughs> Nobody gets <laughs> <gonna laughs> at all unless you want to do thing. This is there's no right or wrong answer, but any any kind yeah. of ideas. How do you build that relationship between people? And and because of course, if you come as a new person and you work as a remote person. 
how how what could help uh, any thoughts on that hmm. well i think it's uh, well for us in the netherlands i mean i mean we don't have connections with companies that are only remote uh, so it's not really the same for us i think but um uh, at least have a few meetings face to face that's i think uh, very important you know it doesn't have to be all week anymore i mean before the, the pandemic we we went to the customers and we just sat there at our desks uh, our yep. project and we just sat there and did the entire project and every day we went uh, back and forth so right now we don't need to do that anymore but we need to go there uh, once in a while you know uh, like every week or every other week so to keep in touch and to really keep the the this, you know the, the, to have this connection sense of uh, connection yeah. in place yep. uh, i think yep. as long as we do that then we'll be uh, okay i guess and well maybe uh, at least have a very a very uh, a celebration after the after the project has been finished you know face to face drink some beers together and do st stuff like that maybe maybe start before beers that's good yeah of so. course it's, uh, <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> I'll take notes. CLI offsite. We need to have an offsite for CLI yeah. to bond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like actually, the, the, a PNP team offsite. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We'll take the plane. So you know the private plane. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We'll yeah. Pick everybody uh, up. One. One. There was one an plane, MVP right? private so plane, right? We, we, we'll take a plane. Pick up <laughs> yes. everybody at their home. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 yeah. borrow the MVP private plane. It should be the MVP plane. Like, no, no, there <laughs> there is no MVP plane. Um, I think yeah. so. I think it is really twofold, right? Because on one, and so I am I am in a place where I am on the receiving end of the stick, as also on the stick where basically I wield the stick. And with that, I mean, like I am an employee at Microsoft, right? So I am a part of the the team, and there is a manager that leads that team. On the other hand, in open source, in PNP uh, community, I lead, lead with others the CLI uh, project, right? So it's kind of twofold things. So on the receiving end, um, I think that this is really important that you, um, because we don't see each other every day. Like in the past, you know, we would go to an office and whenever you share something, you talk with folks, like you basically look at a, at a person and you see them nod, right? Basically, yes, I hear you, I understand, I follow. How do you replicate that asynchronously? Yeah. Well, we do this with emojis, the thumbs up, their reactions to things. So in other words, that really made me think the other day, if you lead a team, you need to mimic that. Like what's worse that you can do? Like I send an email, no reaction. And then I send another one, another one, no reaction. It means like people, don't care, don't listen, that is irrelevant. It's, it kills the morale, right? So in other words, yes, it's really hard to stay on top of everybody in your team posts, but that's necessary because that's how you acknowledge, yes, I hear you, you're valuable, I hear your ideas, and sure, maybe we cannot do it all, maybe there's no tight action to it, but I hear you, acknowledge that, yes, you are there, you share things that, like, yeah, let's do something with that, right? So. All the small things that, all things that we perceive as small, their reaction, their like, these are invaluable because that's how you build trust time so and again. The like is actually interesting, even in a larger scheme, which says the likes are free, but the one like can actually change a person's life for the positive. Yes. In, in the, because because yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's such a, a it might be, it's such a subjective experience. Of, oh, somebody reacted, but for the yeah. person who's giving the like, yeah. well, it's just like. It's well, it's an interesting thing. Yes and no, right? Because like like it doesn't come for free because like 
the person that gives a lie takes need to have deliberate action. And it, and and I think what you're trying to get is that it doesn't seem like much. It almost seems like well, know, I really if I, I like if I do a like encouraging because it's a yes, it's the but impact it has on the, the receiving power. side. Yes, yeah, it has yeah, the power absolutely. to change the world. Which is the interesting uh, thing. Absolutely. But I think the reason why we don't see it that much is on the person that gives the like, it might seem like like a trivial thing. Like it's so small, it's irrelevant. Yeah. Like people will well actually I cannot see that you read my email. I cannot yes. see that. Like there is there is yes. there is no way for me to be able to do that. So unless you nod with a like, a reply, like, hey, cool idea, hell, um, maybe there is I know of this somebody else person who does this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, yeah. I I cannot know, right? So if you think about building the culture asynchronously, like that's one of the key things, being yeah. then and recognize people and the things that they contribute to the group. Communicate, yeah. what, communicate, communicate. And what I would yeah. what I would really like if teams would support uh, adding uh, your own custom emoji as a like reaction, you know, because often every time you click the thumbs up button, it's always the same. Everybody uses thumbs up button. Be- yep. my, I, I maybe I want to use the hang loose uh, sign or, or something else that's really personal and that gives this is extra this already, touch. Yeah. Is, is this already public, Waldek? We are now, but we're heading there, so that's good. So, uh, so, um, but internally, I guess we already have it, or we do have it, so which is good, um, because yeah. then you get a reaction of multiple different reactions on the on the same message. That's actually really good. So, yeah, there's a, and that's putting the persona in place because like is like, but then hang loose is is a bit of a hey, woohoo. It's yeah, a bit it's, of a different. Yeah, it's more personal and it gives this yeah. extra touch, I think, to the communication. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And, and I mean, like. It's the same way, you know, in reality, there are a few uh, folks who appreciate to be recognized by a pat on the back. There are people who want to be like put in a spot directly in the front of the whole group. Like that person had a cool idea. There are people who hate that and they don't want to get anywhere near it. You know, so it's very much on one hand, it is exactly as you say, the the custom, custom emojis and reaction allow you to communicate your persona across. Like I am that person who does that or who does yeah, oh dude <laughs> and also the other way like there are folks who want to be recognized in the open or in private right but yep. there has sure. to be something like the worst thing you can do in an asynchronous uh collaboration is be quiet yes. that's killing 100%. that is basically the beginning yeah. of the end yeah yeah that's true that is true. Yeah. And and then as a team leader, as a manager, you need to adapt for the person so that the persons can yeah, actually yeah, feel you, valued yeah. because, well, mm. you're the manager anyway. Yeah. Mm. Now, um, let's let's switch the gears a bit. Let's get back on Martin on you. How did you get to be a Microsoft 365 architect? How is that like, I'm now a Microsoft 365 architect? Well, oh, what does, no, what does no. That yeah, when I grow up, I want to be an architect. <laughs> no, no, well... I did. I did want to do with something with computers uh, uh, when I was young, but uh, interestingly, when I, I started this uh, this education, which was uh, a kind of IT education, and it was like uh, you started the central the first year, and you would grow towards a certain stream, you know, like yep. business or uh, IT, really the technical side, the programming side, and I I started that the first year, and I grew towards the business side. And I disliked it. I really thought this is not what I want to do. <laughs> but the other side was far too, far too like a programmer, the the, the really the real nerds, you know, like the, uh, the yeah. math. 
Really? Yeah. Algorithms. Yeah, that's, that's not my. That was not my uh, my uh, piece of cake as well. So I dropped out and I started to do something entirely different. I became a youth worker in a church, uh, which I did an education for. So that was a really different thing, and I did it for a really long time. Like I have to say, that's precisely what I did when I was 15 to 20 as well. And so really, so it's yeah, yeah. I, I, cool. That was I even applied to be an official and professional youth worker. They luckily didn't. <laughs> they luckily didn't accept me. That's another story. Yeah, I, was, I was apparently a bit more pushy than um, so. I I still remember the sorry for taking a sidetrack here, yeah, but okay. there was a tests for getting the study dance, and then there was a basically group of us like uh, eighteen or twenty year olds, and and then I'm kind of that kind of a, I'm almost adapting the situation, and then at some point like okay, let's start doing this, and I'm, apparently I was a bit too pushy because nobody was doing actually anything in the group exercise, and then at some point it's like well, now we will make this happen and da 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 you'll do, you'll do, you'll do, you'll do. Yeah, yeah, That was yeah. like your thing. So that... Ah! <laughs> they, they disliked your management style. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the interesting, yeah. so because I, that yeah. was, I did that for five to even, well, at least five years since a okay. teenager. Yeah. Kind of at the a bit older person in the camps helping the younger to be there, not necessarily because 50 of the years stuff, the but, older person uh, what the, you're a kid or, yeah, yeah. Uh, no but, you know the, the other ones on the on the i don't are 14 i i was 15 16 so you're basically yeah. helping them to adapt Ooh, and being very cool uh, yeah so. yeah so i started that well i grew into it because i didn't know when i started the studies i didn't know i wanted to become a youth worker i just didn't know i just started it and let's see where it brings me and yep. i became a youth worker for 12 to 18 uh I did a lot of stuff there uh, with kids uh, from church, but also kids on the streets. Uh, yep. Very cool, uh, very cool time. I think it, I did it like eight years, and then it it became time to 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 do something else. But I didn't <laughs> want to do the same thing again. So yeah. it was like, okay, where am I going to? But it was a it was part time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that. See, I'm it's, coming from the same path. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Wasn't really. I mean, it was a part time job. So um, yeah. I was a part-time youth worker, so I, I did need to find something on the side, and I reached back into my older IT experience, and I started to do web development. Yeah. Uh, and initially, I did it with PHP and classic AHP, yep. and then someone pointed me to .NET, and that really blew my mind. So uh, it was like, when I started that, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> I want to keep doing this, you know? So I kept working with .NET. I became an Umbraco uh, developer. So Umbraco is a content mm-hmm. management system based on uh, .NET. So I worked a lot with XSLT and stuff like that. And then yep. came Razor scripts and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of grew into the .NET stack until I had to switch a job. And uh, I sat down here with my boss, uh, which wasn't my boss by then, but I knew him. And I was explaining to him that I wanted to leave the, the youth work field. And so I kind of said like a joke. So so do you, don't you have something to do for me? And he said, well, yes, well, we, we can think about and it. And here so, you are. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, I just, I mean, I almost did not have to apply. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That's actually kind of a, coming back on the youth worker and, and, and dealing with youth and, and different kind of people. That actually helps on, I, I would still say that my career as a consultant uh, has a lot of well because of that a lot of value because of that experience because you learn how to deal with the people now in my case i was also a croupier in a casino and and in 
Japan in the whatever dealing with uh, different kind dealing, of people dealing with yeah drunken people um, and are still losing money and all of that that was a bit of a different experience again but but learning to deal with different kind of people and and reading people as well um, because that helps yeah. as a consultant yeah. for sure so yeah. and taking okay. other people yeah. into account so absolutely it gave me a lot of soft soft skills yes. and that's very yeah. valuable. And also a lot of, I mean, a lot of speaking skills. I had to speak a lot uh, for small groups, large groups. I spoke uh, in front of like, well, I mean, 2,000 people. Uh, that's I, that I just did that, and but that's that's built me wow. up as well. So that's yep. uh, that's cool. And if I would need to do that again, I would be, I mean, I would still be sweating uh, before. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yes. am I going to do this? But still, I did it. <laughs> I'm really proud of that. I just. You know, that's cool. Uh, basically, I'm an introvert, so it's uh, I hate to be on stage, at least when it's about me. But happily, yeah. you know, it's not always about you. So, yeah, I, w- I would say I don't think that's never gonna go away because I'm 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 certainly a impos- have a massive imposter syndrome and I'm an introvert as well. And then in the Power Platform conference, like three to two or four weeks ago, um, there was four thousand people in the room, and you're waiting on the stage on the background and getting there. And it's it's that funny kind of well, it's been a few years. Ah, mm-hmm. ah, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. As, no, it's not. It's cool. Yeah, no, it's exactly. not. <laughs> so, but it, it's 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 something which it, yeah. well, practice, practice, practice will help for sure on that. I one totally extent. feel what you what you're saying, and if you do this very regularly, I'm, I think you can really get into it. You know, like get over it a bit. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't do that often enough for that yep. uh, experience to become uh, second nature. Uh, yeah, sure. But so I, I came from uh, from web development essentially into SharePoint, and then uh, it was a very big shift because the first thing I had to build was a public-facing website on SharePoint. So, nice. <laughs> if you, well, if you're coming from a .NET Umbraco Razor scripts yep. uh, into a public-facing website, I still I'm still uh, curious why I stayed. But, yeah, uh, you're like, what? I cannot. What's this? going I cannot on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but you're you're approaching SharePoint as a content management system, which it isn't, of course, and it's much larger and it's got a lot of uh, extra features. Uh, yeah, well, it's a it's a very interesting move. Uh, yeah. But then you know when when Microsoft moved to uh, add the add-in model, I, I can really remember you guys speaking about uh, how to choose between uh, the provider-hosted apps and the SharePoint-hosted apps and the auto-hosted apps. And this is when it started Box. to get interesting for me <laughs> because I thought, okay, now I can use my web development techniques and just build a website and connect it to SharePoint. And it started yeah. to ring. Uh, that was that was really when it started to, to grow on me. And then moving towards SPFX has really... Uh, Exploded. I, I mean, that was a very good move. I think. Um, yep. I'm personally, I really like, uh, really liked it as well. Yeah. Um, well, of course, the add the add-in model is is kind of extinct, but still, the, the way it works is still being used, right? Because sure. essentially, uh, a Teams tab is also kind of a pro- provider-hosted uh, application. If you're correct, thinking correct. about it. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely. So the the techniques and models are still exactly the same, um, and and it could be a provider hosted application hosted in SharePoint now. So there's kind of a multiple different dimensions on how we can do it. Provider hosted app hosted in SharePoint hmm. for Teams. So yeah. where do you host it exactly <laughs> on Azure? Never in ah. SharePoint. Yeah. No, no. That, in, in, that, in that case, it would not be Azure. So it would be SharePoint hosted. Well, if it's provider so. hosted, I can put it anywhere. Well, yeah. sure, but provider could be SharePoint. That's what I'm basically yeah, saying. Right. From a team's perspective, SharePoint is Right, provider. I get so. you. I get, I get your point. 
Yeah. So with the, the old hosts, they they really disappeared very fast. They right? yeah, they, that yeah. one never went to GA, unfortunately. The idea was good. Uh, the problem was actually that we couldn't figure out how to do the the cost management uh, of that. So how could we? invoice then the customers or partners on the, the amount of Azure usage which they would have. So, the, But the idea was really good. And uh, those who do not know that it was basically bundling Microsoft Azure applications to the add-in model. And so that when you deploy, we actually provision Azure pieces as well. Now, funny enough, that request is coming more and more. So it might be that um, that old kind of a thinking will come back that sooner or later in the in the new technologies because if you think about it let's have the microsoft teams application it's teams manifest why wouldn't we able to associate biceps files for azure in that one and then it would provision mm -hmm. in the tenant customer tenant when you take that into a use to needed assets and then serve stuff from there if it's not SaaS hosted isv application so technology is i think well that's a good example of a Let's say, how would I put it? Pendulum or technology is evolving and then always coming back on at some point. Somebody comes back and says, guess what? Stupid monitor, yeah. stupid uh, screens and then server-side hosting. Yeah, I've heard yeah. this first time back yeah. in 80s or whatever. So yeah, The principles are the <laughs> yeah. same, right? Exactly. I mean, the implementation exactly. is yeah. different. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad that uh, SharePoint moved away from using the uh, the old uh, add-in, the client IDs and secrets, and yep. it is being uh, deprecated. But uh, the ID, the principle, is still valid. Yep, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But then it, now SPFX is with the modern technology, is aligned with web stack development, which is which is good, rather than having, is it proprietary tech or or ways of doing implementation, which is always a bit of a bummer. Now. Yeah. At the same time, we need to acknowledge that Power Platform is that kind of a solution, so that they have their own dedicated way of doing things. Um, so it's not a kind of an industry based on industry standards. They have their own programming language, even though it's not programming, right? It's yeah. No code. They say they say so, but <laughs> low a, low code programming. Yeah, yeah. to a customer, it still feels like programming. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I needed to explain. Oh, that. I mean, the moment you start seeing people build in Power Apps, like whole physics engine and I'm like dude like i could i couldn't do that in anywhere else and you're building that in power of that's programming yeah <laughs> that's that's really smart <laughs> well now yeah. now it's the same well that's kind of the also the evolution of things why do why do people keep using sharepoint lists for data storage because well they didn't know anything else because it's simple yeah, yeah. you have in there yeah and then yeah. you hit the 5,000 item limit because, you know. Yeah, you need to take that no. into account. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can start million. What do you mean? We're saying that you can store millions of items in a list. You can. So Some there you go. Very, What's the issue uh, with that then? Uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's always something to consider, the 5,000 yeah. limits. But it's, yeah. it's changing it's, gears, changing yeah, gears yeah. from SharePoint SPFX. Yeah. Yeah. You became an MVP. Yeah. How did that come? What was your way towards it? Because like you don't get it for just doing your work in a way. Like like it takes no. special kind of effort and work. Was it deliberate? Was it coincidence? Was it something that evolved came to be over time? Or was it something that you always, I don't know, aspired? Yeah. What would be oh, the well. tips of getting the MVP? Yeah. How would I get an well, MVP status? Well you, you can't you can't. <laughs> 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 that, was, that was short. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, I did not really aspire to it because I thought it was unreachable um, for me. 
But uh, what I did want to do was uh, inspire other people. You know, this also always, I think, something that's always also coming from my background uh, in church work. But yep. uh, I really want to inspire people, help people out. And that becomes that can become something extra you do on the side uh, besides your work. So I started out, I think, in 2021, uh, just writing blogs because I thought, you know, I want to do that. And I also want to give something back because I'm using PMP PowerShell tools like every day for the last eight years. So I wanted to give something back as well, you know, like uh, uh, not be the consumer all the time. But uh, well, I started that and I started doing that. And soon I realized that there was uh, a lot to gain for me as well in doing that, you know, because when you explain things to others, you really need to dive a step deeper than than normal. You you, you really would need to know what you're talking about. So you you do a little extra in research and that also helps you again into understanding how the solutions work and figure out how they work together so uh, uh this kind of uh, yeah it grew it grew on me um uh and you well i started doing some work on the cli uh, repository the cli from microsoft uh, 365 and uh, to be honest, that's a funny thing. I had not even used the CLI for Microsoft 365 before that moment. I, I just thought, <laughs> let me just uh, let me just uh, contribute something somewhere. Uh, I was all about PMP PowerShell, but then uh, I think Alderjan Schott uh, sent this tweet about uh, you know 17 good first issues. Uh, yep. You know, uh, do you want Thank to you do happy something for those, as well? Those yeah. are really good. Yeah. Encouraging <laughs> really people. good tweets. Yeah. Yep. yeah so. I thought, okay, let's try that. So I started out, and it, the, the the fun thing about it is that it's a combination of a few things I really like. It's uh, scripting, so uh, because I like scripting, it's it's just something I I use so much, I really love it. Uh, and it's the code base is uh, client side coding, right? It's a Node a Node.js app built in TypeScript, which I really love as well. So it's like two things that I really like. Uh, uh, and that's the fun thing about contributing. You can just do things you really like, you know, instead of uh, in the work, in your work, you also have to do sometimes uh, do some, do things that it's not really what you like. I mean, I had to install SharePoint on-premises a few times, which is not really what I yeah, like nobody to likes do. that. Next, <laughs> next yeah. finish. How hard can it be, right? <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> right. right. Yes. Fortunately, you could, you could write scripts as well to do that. So, uh, sure. Yeah. But uh, this is like in, in, in contributing, it's like, Two things that you really like, uh, scripting, uh, TypeScript, client-side coding, and it kind of grew on me and uh, I I continued doing it. And then Waldeck asked me to be a maintainer. And then from then on, things just went uh, automatically, you know, it's... Um, so still, I did not expect to become an, a Microsoft MVP. But then again, when things got a little bit out of hand, I thought, well, maybe I've got a chance to become... <laughs> one yep. and i would like it you know it's i mean it's a real honor to be recognized for what you do yep. and it's also it gives you a lot of extra opportunities and benefits to uh to learn and to help others and to uh, to grow as a person and as a professional uh so well that's basically how i got there so let's recap what would be the three tips to get started and how to get the mvp status any anything anything on your mind immediately yeah. from just a well, elaborating on what you're saying. Yeah, well, I would say just start giving without expecting something in return. You know, that's, I think, the primary thing. You know, uh, forget about it for a moment. Forget about becoming an MVP. Just start to give and to to help others and 
to reach out and that uh, in the end that will be recognized you know if yep. you if you uh, and of course what's also important is just don't give inside this i mean there's, there's a large black box of where you can give but you can also give in the right places you know like uh, things like pmp uh, the pmp initiative is a very good place to start because it's very organized uh, there's a lot of places where you can uh, where you can uh, give something so choose a, choose a place that's really uh, yeah that's really uh, smart you know to uh to contribute to uh, yeah. but it's easier to get recognized i mean uh, yeah. so I, I yeah i think to bmp i have to yeah. explain that a bit i think we're doing a good job of acknowledging people and then getting people recognized on their contributions and that's not necessarily what happens in all of the open source projects and so it's not just about having hey it's in github we do a welcome for requests yes yeah but do you really do that, or and yeah. how do you acknowledge that incoming uh, those contributions? So yeah, yeah. So you really have to, to pick the right uh, places. I think that's a wise thing. So that's two. Uh, I don't know a third. Just uh, put your best leg forward. No. <laughs> attitude, attitude, attitude. Yes, that's, yes. that's all. You know, yes. the right yeah. attitude. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. and and encouraging other people. Well, the positive attitude is is always good, and and we always welcome also uh, also feedback which with constructive negative feedback as well. So, but that's <laughs> just to call out it. It's not just all positives and everything works. Of course, for us it's super important as Microsoft to know where we can improve as well, but in the right way. Communication, communication, communication. So right, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Uh, I think we are hitting the times timings. Um, any anything interesting? What's happening this week? Um, I have to call out. Uh, there's a really cool looking design on back of your uh, screen uh, wall. Uh, seems to be SharePoint or SPFX embedded in Teams. That's a pretty cool looking stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, our company is a, a follow partner. So we we do a lot of things with that for a long time already yeah and this is you know part of our portfolio so creating internets uh, that really work for people to communicate to their organizations so this is uh, yeah based in teams of course and sharepoint yeah, yeah that's which is one of the main pillars of our work so this and document management and migration scenarios uh, Getting the data from the Google Cloud, for example, into the Microsoft yeah, Cloud that, or from a, great... a file share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but what's what's happening this week? Anything interesting? What's on the top of mind? Um, for for this one, yeah. Well, I or in um, general, in general, what's oh, happening? there is this small small event starts with an I. And that night. Oh, oh, you mean like okay, yeah, right. In general, what's happening this week? Uh, so. Okay, yeah. Not 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 on Valo, but it, it's are there. Uh, what are you, uh, any any interesting projects or anything what you're working on right now? And um, let's see what I'm working on. Well, I'm I'm helping a colleague get a migration in place. Uh, I'm uh, starting to work on uh, a very big application from a customer that he wants to be integrated with SharePoint uh, as of well primarily as file storage but it's uh, uh, it's a very important integration for them um, this kind of things well uh, a lot of things uh, <laughs> I forget it. I'm forgetting yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever I'm always busy that's the, I mean that's the yeah. key thing I'm always busy yeah. doing uh, things that's right a positive thing 
positive yeah. thing as well for sure so yeah yeah now while well, uh, let's go quick round what's what anything on top of your mind this week um and of course stuff of course and uh, yes. ignite obviously happens on is it from wednesday to friday yes yes like correct so, correct yeah. correct correct Uh, then we are about so folks from my team uh, are about to do a Teams app cam, right? So if you have an existing app and you think about like how can I bring it to Teams? Because if you bring an existing work app to Teams, that gives you the ability to bring it to where folks are, making it easier to access, infuse it with like basically bring the data from that app into Teams so that they can more easily work, right? So if you think about like, how would that, that work? Because oftentimes when, when we think about Teams apps, it's all about start creating new app, but there's a bunch of apps that, that all of us use for work, How would you bring them to Teams? So they will be uh, coming soon. I think that was off the top of my head, October the... 20th, yeah. 20th, yep. Yeah, there you go, right? So there'll be dedicated event uh, where you will be able to learn how you can bring existing app to Teams. What does that mean? What do you need to take into account? And so forth. So really, if you are interested in that, awesome, awesome place to learn. So that is one, two. Uh, we mentioned already a few times the... CLI, right? The CLI for M365. And we've been working on it for a few years. It turns out that next month we're turning five. Right. So we're thinking about a birthday party with some kind of geeky or funny stories or whatever, something, but basically available for anybody to join. Like we're thinking about the European um, morning time. So yes, we will not be able to welcome everybody. On the other hand, whenever you, wherever you live in the world, you're welcome to uh, uh, join us at at the time. So we hope that we will be able to. Drinks uh, are on you. Uh, right? get, get, sorry. Drinks are on you, right? So. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. You can yes, you can have all the drinks you want on us as long as you bring them by yourself. Uh, <laughs> right, so we're thinking about that, and specifically for this week, I think this week is more of an internal facing work, right? So if you think about yep. my work, it's like a pendulum. It's like one week is more external face, the other one is internal, and it goes up and down. So I think this week is more internal facing. Although one thing that I wanted to mention the other day, I wrote an article Because we often think, like, how can we bring more people to build on M365, right? We have a bunch of stuff to offer. There is, like, I don't know, 20 different types of apps, maybe even more. You can build, like, you can build bots and tabs. You can embed things inside M365 or connect M365 to your external app. So how can we reach more folks with that? Because it's it's cool, right? I mean, we have really active group that helps everyone, helps them uh, learn. So the other day, I tried to see, like, Can we publish an article on site that we don't own at Microsoft, like basically external site, right? So I got to uh, publish an article on Free Code Camp, which is a site that is really heavily used by the dev world at large, but not folks who build on Microsoft, right? So like from the from the Microsoft side, if you look at all of the articles that they have, you can probably count them on fingers of um, single hand. Yeah. Right. So I go there and it's surprising how much attention it got already. So it's just like one of the very first articles about M365. And it's like, like people seem to be interested in that. So 
I think that that might be, you know, a cool way for us to explore more if there is, you know, if we can reach folks to whom we don't talk otherwise, right? Yep. Yeah. I saw that article. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> What what do you do there? You are our. <laughs> oh well, I saw your tweet, so I just clicked. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> That's how it works. Um, yeah. And then quick round from my side. I think the Viva Home announcement, which happened two weeks ago, um, is is taking some space and time. So we do a lot of internal planning on how do we do now. Start pushing the Viva uh, all up here and there. Um, because obviously the Viva is a big part of the Microsoft 365 and Teams platform and the future offering channels and all of that. So we need to do a bit of a internal planning and, and uh, restart of that. Uh, and SharePoint Framework 1.16, I guess the new version is coming up. Not going to say. <laughs> so <laughs> A Wednesday. It's going to be on a Wednesday. <laughs> but 1.16, uh, one more uh, beta at least, and then I guess we'll go then to GA after that. So, But there's a lot of work to be now done because they say there's a React uh, version update happening uh, in the product of SharePoint to 17, and then that's having a trickle effect for developers and catching up on all of the technology. And so, And there's always some pain points as well, luckily. I'm not personally responsible of solving uh, all of those things. There's, there's a smarter group of people in the engineering who are working on that. So. <laughs> awesome, yeah. But it's good yeah. to get a latest version. It's, it's, it's the classic, why can't we use this, the, the latest version of this and that and that? And yeah, 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 yeah. We're trying to get there as fast as possible. So yeah, it's, it's scale, right? Like, like people really not, not often appreciate the scale of things only after they are exposed to the scale themselves. And it's yeah. like when you work on a project, you build something for, I don't know, three months, give it even a year. That's nothing. Like how, like, yes, you can build a bunch of stuff in a year, but then you're you're done and you move away from it. Try yeah. maintaining things for three years or four years with all the you know deprecations and dependencies and the whole chain. And one thing doesn't work yeah. with another, and then the thing changes. And we don't use gulp and grunt, but we use barp and fart. And you're like, <laughs> really? Sure. sure. Well, that's actually that's one of the key challenges. Obviously, in SharePoint framework, you can still all of the applications which created with SharePoint version 1.0 which G8, what was it, 17, uh, February 2017, um, five years ago, they're still working in production. And they have yeah. to be working in production. So it's a, Well, it's the question is, would you be to able to add anything to it? Well, maybe on a That's VM, a separate, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so can you modify that or add something to that project? No, not necessarily. But the, whatever is well, deployed already in I the customer know. deployment, yeah. they just cannot break. And that's a yeah. huge engineering task uh, and tax to actually deal with. So, because, of course, we cannot go and say for customers that, by the way, this, this code, you need to recompile them and update them to the latest version, which is where but they don't yeah, even you need to necessarily update at least have access every on the code. Three, three, exactly. three, three months. Yeah. That's not a solution. <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. but. laughs> Anyway, thank you, Martin, uh, for joining. Uh, really cool to catch up and 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 um, interesting discussions around your past as well. So, congratulations on being uh, getting the MVP. That's day number nine. Uh, from day number ten, when this is out, uh, so when we can release the <laughs> episode. <laughs> but thank you, Martin. Thank you, Waldek. Uh, we'll jump then to the weekly articles uh, with Waldek to cover them through. Thanks, Martin. Thank you. Thank you.
And here we go. Thank you, Martin. Uh, one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, really good to have you on the show. And congratulations, like seventh time already in this show, for getting the MVP <laughs> status. And that's pretty, pretty cool. And thank you for helping on understanding also on how to get the MVP status. So what does it actually imply? Um, and one of the things which we always try to remind people that the objective should not be getting the MVP status and then it'd be like, ah, now I'm done. <laughs> Rule one of getting the MVP status is not wanting to get the MVP status. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be more like a, a, a acknowledgement of the things what people are doing. So that that's a better way of, of getting, well, getting acknowledged and then automatically renew it because it's, if it's part of your work to share your knowledge and publish things and share information, then that's what the MVP program is all about. So rather than being just a tech box on the, yes, I got it, done, move on. So, But, good way of telling that, I'm watching your face, well, like, <laughs> Yes, I was, I'm trying to say, yeah, yes, yes, there is some matter to it. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, you understood what I was trying to say. That is already yes. a good start. <clears throat> Let's jump on the on the weekly articles. So let me share my screen and we'll go through them from there. So let's start with the Microsoft Teams blog. Uh, so last week we went through already that there's a blog post with uh, SharePoint, Viva, uh, OneDrive and all of that stuff. What's happening in Ignite and this week, uh, Maria Figuerola uh, published a similar kind of guidance for Microsoft Teams, which is calling out the different sessions. And of course, even though we tend to do this messaging in a silos, a lot of this stuff is not just about the teams. It's it's all about the Microsoft 365 experiences all up, uh, but then watching from that or addressing that from a team's perspective. So, but a lot of lot of cool sessions are coming up in the Microsoft Ignite. Uh, so please do check out AKMS uh, team session, and that's a PDF file which is then focusing only on the teams things. Uh, but there's a lot of other sessions as well. So if you go to the ignite.microsoft.com you can find all of the different sessions which are available. Now, the second thing uh, which we had was a SharePoint roadmap pit stop on exactly. September 2022. So every month, yes, every month we get summary. What's new in SharePoint, OneDrive, Viva, I reckon, like it's a pretty broad overview. And again, September overview gives us another glimpse into what is new, what has changed, what has shipped, basically to help you stay up to date and, you know, embed that in your work and basically give it a place in solutions you build. Yep, absolutely. A lot of cool stuff across the different features and capabilities. And, and so it's it's a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, features. Um, and even though it's called SharePoint Roadmap, it's not just about SharePoint in this article. There's a lot of like related technology is getting called out in here as well. Now, because SharePoint is behind a lot of that stuff, uh, but anyway, so it's SharePoint, 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 no. Anyway, so mm -hmm. uh, on this one, this one is a good article. Uh, I was actually involved in, in writing this and reviewing that, um, so getting a bit more clarity on the Viva Connection, new Viva Connection desktop experience. So we're rolling out a new modern uh, experiences, which is called Microsoft Viva Home which will be then a, a uh, the default startup page for people. Um, so really focusing more like me focused and then it's going to list out all of the different Viva modules which are which you have licensed into depending on your tenant and depending on a person. And then of course it has extensibility options as well. So um, as a uh, tenant area is it what is well the administrators and all the designers who design the experience they can configure what are the capabilities and and 
to be visible to which person and we can target the cars and all of that uh, in the in the experience as well but and you can of course build your own cards which is really cool so or take take into cards to use from other partners and isvs um, so it's a really flexible uh, experience for sure and with SharePoint Framework. SharePoint Framework is the technology of doing that. Now, by the way, one thing to call out, uh, we are looking into having, even though if you have uh, configured the Vivo connection already, and you don't want to have this kind of uh, uh, the first step experience as the, the Viva home, you can actually configure to bypass directly to the Viva connection experience as it is already in your tenant. So that's a configuration setting. A lot of other options are being clarified here in Q&A. Uh, FAQ questions uh, in here. Now, we also had this one. So Teams App Camp uh, is a training packet happening on October 20th. What What is this all about, Valdek? So it's all about if you have an existing app and you want to bring it to Teams, because the benefits of that are is basically you will make it easier for people to use your app, right? Because that app will be available where they they already are. And you will yep. be able to combine some of the context that they have from discussions that they have on Teams with the data that belongs to the app. So if you wonder, I have an app, I wanna bring it to, to Teams, where do I start? This is the perfect place for you to be, to join and see that virtually. I was just about to say, say in, in person, see for yourself <laughs> virtually, see for yourself virtually, yeah. how would you go about it, right? So what does that mean? What are the different steps? And it's more than that, because the first step, step is to bring the app to teams, make it teams aware and so forth and so on. But then uh, uh, we will also go into other areas like how would you expose that? app? Because imagine that you are ISV and you want to sell this app right? How can you expose it to the team store yep. so that you can ex expand your reach? So in other words, it's a very interesting topic, very interesting to both or to all SIs, enterprise devs, and ISVs. So if you yep. if you build apps for work, this is the one webinar training camp you don't want to miss. Yep, absolutely. And, and I think it's only two hours, uh, one hour, actually. So it's a good, uh, not a massive, massive time allocation. And there are exercises and other videos then follow up afterwards as well. So really, really cool. Thank you, Bob and Rapia for setting this one up. Super cool stuff. Now, next week, we also published a, a article in the developer platform blog around link unfurling public preview in Outlook. And this is really, um, I think the, the, the video explains that in the best way. So if we have an external application, in this case, Northwind's uh, database, or application, we can take the link, and as we paste that link in the message, it will actually have additional context around that target link, which is really, really cool scenario. So you don't necessarily need to, again, move away from the context of work because you're writing the stuff in email, but then that resolves additional features. And in here, uh, we can see that it can actually even have operational features, which is really cool. So basically, you don't have to go to the application. You can already operate in that link unfurling experience uh, in certain level. Super cool stuff. Now, we also had an article related on or update on the documentation around universal actions. Exactly. So we, we shipped a new feature for search-based message extensions. And now you can use the universal Actions. So I, I guess that that was announcement from last year build where we announced universal actions, meaning the same actions that they were the same way across the different locations where you can use adaptive cards being like Teams and Outlook. 
And apparently you can now use the same format of it in the adaptive cards in messaging extension, meaning yep. there's one less place for you to have to uh, write separate code, which yep. is always good. Unify, 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 as we use, we use the same skills, which is really, really cool. Now, something what we also wanted to call out, uh, we're moving to this weekly, well, uh, communications related on always what's happening from a Microsoft 365 platform community perspective. Uh, these are typically released on Thursday, Friday, uh, the previous week. And then we call out all of the upcoming community calls and who, what's actually happening and what are the demos and agenda items in there. So this week, as an example, we have the Microsoft 365 platform call happening again Tuesday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. We have the Microsoft Office add-ins monthly community call happening on Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time. And then we have the Thursday, 7 a.m. Pacific time uh, cycle as well. And this time it's the Microsoft 365 Power Platform Development Community call happening there. In this blog post, we'll also call out, oh, and Adaptive Cards is happening on Thursdays as well. It is a quite busy week, actually. Um, mm -hmm. And we also call out the new videos um, and the new blog posts uh, in the PMP or the Microsoft 365 Platform Community blog. So in the same thing. So having this kind of one monthly, so weekly, uh, summary of all of the different assets, trying to make it easier for people to follow up on what's happening and also upcoming events as well. So should be, hopefully that's useful. Now, uh, we also had a really interesting article from Thomas Poisek. Exactly. Like one thing that, that you see a lot is you want to be able to write things, whether that's document, a link, a meeting quality, anything, right? Because you want to express how valuable it is or how meaningful. Right, and one way to do that, that we see a lot, the pattern for that is to have a, a control with uh, stars. So you would give one star to something that was, could have been improved, five stars to something that you would do or you would um, uh, assign to something that was excellent. Right, so here you get the ability to do that in a power app. Is that power app or is it? Yes, it is, right? Then that is a power app. Oh no, adaptive cards. Sorry, adaptive wow, cards. Like, yes. You're scrolling. Yes. I'm sorry. seeing sorry. a power automate flow sorry. and I'm sorry. instantly going, no, no. So, how you would build a star rating control in adaptive card, which is yes. really cool because where, where you can use adaptive cards? Well, we use, just heard about messaging extensions, Outlook, Teams, web apps, your custom apps. So, they Viva. are everywhere and they give you, exactly, right? And they give you this ability to have, you build an adaptive card once, and you can use that across many different apps, devices, platforms. So this is a really great way for people who maybe aren't, you know, uh, design um, gurus to have yep. a good-looking UI that works consistently across the board. So this yep. is a really cool way to think about implementing rating uh, in your apps. Absolutely. Thank you, Thomas, on that one. And then we have a new article from Louis Fries related on how to build your power apps and that don't look like power apps. And this is the part four on that series, um, talking discussions about Three. the material. This, yeah, the numbers are really hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> Three is the new four, right? Wow. Three is the new four. Three is the new four. <laughs> wow. Uh, focus, focus. Because focus. one is none and three is four. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because three is, yeah, yeah zero yes. is, is the first. So because it's array start from zero, so therefore three is four. So yes. Makes perfect sense. Spoken like anyway, a Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I've done my fair share of development. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
but really uh, part three on the on how would, how we should do a more beautiful looking uh, power apps experiences and this is a really nice control actually which scales uh, nicely on the context and and expands itself uh, as you're writing things so awesome stuff from Louis uh, on that one now we also had an article uh, from you related on how to build your first Microsoft 365 application in 10 minutes is right. it so the easy idea is well yes actually it can be Right, so oftentimes when, when when you hear that you would build an app on a platform, right, it's hard, right, because there are quite a few things you need to learn because you're building on something else, meaning you need to know the vocabulary, you need to probably know about all the tool chain and many other yep. things. So the learning curve is pre- typically pretty steep. One thing that we often miss is that you don't need to know about all of it upfront. You can start small and learn from there. So with this yep. article, my attempt was, hey, how can we get you, basically get to this time to F5? F5 being you press F5 on the keyboard, your app launches and a piece of code you wrote actually runs and you see a working app. And it might not seem that it does much, but it, it really, if you think about it, it gives you all the basics you need because in this app, you will let users sign in with their Microsoft 365 account to your app. Yep. You will call the Microsoft Graph being the API to let your app access data and insights on Microsoft 365, and you will show the data in your app, and you will even create or you will register your app with the Microsoft identity, right? So you yep. will do all the different things that you have to do for every single app, but there are there are easy ways to do it, right? So you'll be able to do all of that to have a really working app from zero to a working app in under 10 minutes. Yep, absolutely, absolutely, really, really cool. Uh, cool stuff. Thank you, Waldek, on that. Now, uh, Andrew Connell from Boitanos had also an interesting article related on how to use React Hooks within your SharePoint framework solution. And React Hooks is something which was introduced in 16. React 16.8. Um, and it's kind of a, a bit of a different way of, of structuring your code. Um, and of course, it's a matter of an opinion. Some people prefer React Hooks. Some people prefer the, the older way of doing things. But um, AC is basically walking through how would you adjust the default SharePoint framework uh, solution, which you get from your generator, to be React Hooks based. And there's also a video related on this. So there's an article, and then there's a uh, video associated to this. I know that there's a video. Where's the video? Somewhere in the video. There's a link to the it's video. It's on the right-hand side. It's on the right-hand side. Yes. What's this what video? The video on this article? There we go. There we go. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for working as my math uh, guidance and also my eyes. That helps. Well, well like, so. Now, uh, Appy had a um, uh, had a cool article as well related on, I guess, CLI. Get notified for PNP updates. I think this is more about trying to stay on top of everything that we do across PNP, right? Because we do a lot. There is CLI, there's PowerShell, there's provisioning framework. We have a blog, we have events, we have sharing and caring sessions. So there is a lot. And as for now, like while we try to do our best to communicate across the board, what's coming where and what we do across the board, you might want to have a way to stay on top of that in the way you like. So basically, stay up to date on your own terms. Yep. And Aubrey Schott shows you how you can build a Power Automate flow or Logic App, because it's kind of a similar thing, to basically bring those updates to you. And then yep. you can push it to Teams. You can send yourself a message to Outlook. You yep. can write it maybe on your wall if you happen to have a big screen. 
that is all up to you, right? So yep. it shows the power of how you can use low-code tools to tie it into some events on the, events on the internet system. and bring yep. them to, to you. Yep. Really, very, really very cool. Way. Thank you. Thank you, Abby, on that one. Uh, now, we also had a article from uh, Marcin Wojciechowski uh, from uh, Valo Solutions related on patch message handler in the .NET. So how would you do that? And what does it actually mean? And how does it actually work uh, within your code? So if you're writing, writing a .NET code, uh, really, really good technical insights on how would you make these things happen uh, and an example code as well. Um, again, really great example of an article which walks through the different options and, and how can do that and then provides you code which you can use the starting points to adjust for your use case as well. Really, really cool stuff. Thank you, Marcin, on that one. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, then we have uh, Peter Winstra with a new article related on PDF function. Yes, exactly. So TLDR, if you need to create a PDF in PowerUp, check out Ta-da! There's a native feature available for it. Um, you just need to enable that um, because it's currently an upcoming feature. Now, uh, Agnes Molnar had a good uh, end-user kind of a focused article related on the scope of Microsoft Search organization on current side and what does that actually mean. So if you, if you do a search in a SharePoint, uh, because you have the files in a SharePoint, a lot of your files are typically in SharePoint. Uh, what does that uh, current side and global setting uh, in the search control actually means? And how does that change the behavior within the system? That's a really good article on that. Then we had the, the weekly update uh, related on uh, 365 Message Center show with Daniel and Daryl. And this time around, they pop out one idea, which is the ability to pop out a calendar in Teams. So in other words, imagine that you chat with somebody and you want to plan a meeting. Yep. In the past, you need to move away from the chat. You go to the calendar, create an invite, then then need to get back to your chat. But what if you need to you know, d- discuss things like timings and agendas? It's a lot of work to go back and forth. Well, now apparently in Teams, you can pop out the calendar. So you can go to calendar, create new invite, pop it out, and have it side by side with your chat. So that way you can more easily you know, do two things at a time when it makes sense. Absolutely. Um, you know, this amazing scenario where you can have multiple windows open at the same time. That's mind-boggling. Oh, Just yes, to... because DOS is called Windows plural. <laughs> it's not one, one, one window. You can have multiple windows. Yes. Not, even on Mac OS, you can have multiple windows. <laughs> But it's not called Windows. Just to recap, yes. the Message Center show is, is a great show from Daniel and Daryl walking through what are the latest announcements uh, in a weekly basis. Uh, and one thing what I noticed actually here, which is actually interesting as well, so there's a roadmap announcement that finding time adding is moving nat- as a native feature called scheduling pull, which is actually really cool. Finding time is a great feature uh, when you have multiple people trying to schedule the time when to have a meeting which works for them. So. If you can. With external folks for yes. whom you don't have, have yeah, access have to the calendar. To, yeah. To, to calendar that's yeah, that's true. Now, uh, Paolo Pialorossi had an updated uh, or weekly video on his PSS tech bytes uh, around the BMP provision schema, uh, the latest version. Uh, so there's a work being done to get a new features available and what's available how, um, and what are the new features and capabilities what you can control using the BMP provisioning schema. What's actually interesting around this one, the, the provisioning schema, what is this BMP provisioning schema? Well, that's the, the, 
the engine behind of the PMP templates. Now, what are the PMP templates? It's the open source templating engine, which, by the way, we saw a quick stamp in here. So, for example, the cultural site template, Hispanic Heritage Month, has been built with that. But even by a coincidence, there's a video around the Power Platform Hub, uh, which is a new hub and a template uh, nice released by the Power that Platform. Was uh, that's what's that good. was really smooth. And uh, for a related Almost on Power as Platform. as if you practiced it. <laughs> yes, 10 times. Uh, so, but this is really cool, uh, a site template, uh, which is designed to have this kind of a Power Platform experience, the latest news and, and assets around the Power Platform within your tenant. And that's actually built using the BMP provisioning engine as well. Uh, so use BMP PowerShell to provision that um, from the, well, from the command line. But it's, it's a great arcade feature, and uh, April is walking through the different scenarios, different features, what's available, uh, how to install that, and all of that within this video. So thank you, April, on that. And then the last thing was from a Shen Yang. Yes, everything you need, you need, everything you need, not everything you need to know, everything you well, it's, it's everything you need to know. So the title says everything <laughs> you need to build a holodriven power app. In the comments, says everything you need to know to build a holodriven power app. Yeah, so it's TLDR. It's, again, within 40 minutes, so a bit longer form description because there's really a lot you can do in model-driven power apps. And Shane walks you through it like, how do you start? What do you, how do you structure dataverse tables to store data? How do you build the relationship? So all the different things related to mechanics of a model-driven power app, yep. basically watch this and after 40 minutes, you will know enough to build a good model-driven power app. Really, really cool. Thank you, Shane, on that. Now, that's it for this week. We already went what's new and latest happening within this week, together with the discussion with Martin. Anything else? So long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> ah, and which book for us that again? So, so. Hitchhiker's Guide Through the Galaxy. Yeah, Douglas Adams, for those who do not yes. know. So. Anyway, thank you for this one. Um, the, the film wasn't too bad either, but it wasn't at the same level as the, the book. Books, um, books were, were, were you, way better. Books were well, hilarious. It, you cannot actually do that kind of a film. And the film was good, but it wasn't. The, the book is just unbelievable. So yes. it's, it's really, you cannot make that as a proper movie. So it's just impossible. Anyway, so uh, and next week, we kind of talk about the top 10 movies coming from uh, Bollywood. You will? <laughs> Bollywood? That's... Okay, I'm interested to your research. More. Do your research. <laughs> Do your research. I was actually... I actually hope to be able to learn more about it. Now you're you're volunteering me to do do my research. Like, <laughs> that's that's not how it works. But cool. Thanks everybody for watching. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> with a new show within a week. So please remember hashtag BMP Weekly. Thanks everybody and thanks Martin. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>